was President John Fitzgerald Kennedy really killed by the CIA? Find out the new evidence on this special edition of the Doc Washburn Show. Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We are the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is all too often afraid to talk about. This is episode 303 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show for Thursday, December 15th, 2022. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. I will never pretend a man can become a woman, and I will never forget about the January 6th political prisoners most Republican politicians refuse to even mention. And August 8th, 2022, the day the Biden regime's secret police conducted an unprecedented and unconstitutional raid on the home of a former president of the United States is a day that shall live in infamy. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. And please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. Now, I got a friend named Stephen Finnegan who used to fill in for me when I did a local talk radio in Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, before you know I was fired by Cumulus Media and started doing this national um podcast and um, we've been buddies for for years and last night uh we were on a group text my buddy Stephen Finnegan and another friend of ours and he said look I, I want you guys to watch Tucker Carlson's uh opening monologue from the night and and then we need to talk and I'm like okay well uh, you know first chance I get you know I got a lot going on so first chance I get because uh, Tucker Carlson's opening monologue is almost always compelling. He does a great job. I think he's head and shoulders above everybody else on the Fox News channel. And um, so, sure, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get back with you on that. So I was up all night preparing for my um, podcast, and then um, – Part of what I have to do, I have to use an SD card, a little thing called an SD card. And so I go to put the SD card in my mixer, and it said, hey, your SD card is full. I'm like, oh, boy. And so I'm looking around. I am looking around. i got to have another SD card somewhere. And I can't find anything. And eventually my wife wakes up because she's got to get ready to go to work in the, in the morning. And she's like, hey, I got one. Unused. Here, unopened, unused. Okay, great. And so I had all my stuff lined up I was going to talk about on this episode of the Doc Washburn Show. And I thought, you know, let me check the Daily Caller because I think there was something on the Daily Caller related to what I was going to talk about. I had several issues I was going to bring up, some breaking news stuff. And I go over to the Daily Caller, and lo and behold... The Daily Caller says, it kind of shocked me. Daily Caller says, citing firsthand source, 
Tucker reports CIA was involved in the Kennedy assassination. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, what? So I uh, went and got the whole opening monologue, and uh, it's it's shocking. It's shocking. And I'm for the first time ever, I'm going to bring Stephen Finnegan on my uh, – on my podcast here in a little bit, we, we talked on the radio on and off for years, uh, but for the first time ever since I started doing this podcast on October 12th, 2021, I'll be bringing my buddy Stephen Finnegan on in a little bit. Um, but just to give you some context, um, I was seven years old. I was in the second grade. I have vivid memories, vivid memories of that time. Uh, my buddy Stephen is a lot younger. He was born the day before the Kennedy assassination. But since, you know, he, he's always taken a great interest and told me a little bit ago he's read a lot of books about the Kennedy assassination. But I remember so clearly hearing as we were getting on the bus that on the school bus to go home that the president was was shot today. I was living in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, South San Jose Elementary School, out in the suburbs at the time. And just being in, it was so shocking. And then I remember my mother was kind of under the weather Sunday morning. She didn't go to church with my dad and my little brothers and me. And we came home and she said, they've shot Oswald. They were like, oh, my goodness. And I remember that next morning at school, they had some kind of a prayer meeting to pray for our country. It was very moving. I think we even sang the Lord's Prayer, even though it was a public school. And this was after Madeline Murray O'Hare got the uh, Supreme Court to say you can't do that. But we did it anyway. I didn't know from Madeleine Murray O'Hare in the Supreme Court when I was seven years old. But anyway, um, before I get to Tucker's opening monologue, I want to kind of set the stage here. Um, I've got a clip from a speech that President Kennedy gave not too long before the assassination, and he uh, he had a warning. Let me play this audio of JFK warning about secret societies. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret society, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine 
that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. That is why the Athenian lawmaker Solon decreed a crime for any citizen to shrink from controversy. But I am asking your help in the tremendous task of informing and alerting the American people. Confident that with your help, man will be what he was born to be, free and independent. Yeah. Yeah. That was a warning. Um, You know what? President Eisenhower had another warning. He gave a speech just a few days before he left office. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. You have to realize this is one of the great presidents, great military leaders, on his way out the door at the end of his second term. He says, by the way, watch out for the military-industrial complex. People know that he invented the phrase military-industrial complex, but very rarely do you see the whole thing and realize how utterly strident his warning was. I think it's one of the most profound statements ever made by an American president. Just like George Washington gave his warnings about foreign entanglements and things like that, my dad was giving his warning against letting this military-industrial complex get out of hand. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. I wonder if it did. We have a number of clips of Oswald, but before we get to that, I want to play you a clip of a guy I used to think was crazy. Roger Stone with Alex Stein. And what he's saying about Oswald is true, and I know it's true. Now that I've been readmitted to Twitter, I've posted a number of things that have nothing to do with politics. I, I posted a terrific piece about some new revelations regarding the JFK assassination and additional uh, documentation that Lee Harvey Oswald uh, had been not only an informant for the FBI, but had also been trained to speak Russian uh, by the CIA. Roger, uh, I have the pleasure. He's the only person that can defect to Russia during the Cold War and then come back to America and get citizenship. It's like, come on. Like, Lee Harvey Oswald acted by himself. I just have to yell at people. I'm here in Dallas. Right, right near the grassy knoll. I mean, I consider myself, you know, pretty, you know, well read on the subject. It's like obviously he didn't act alone. But neither here nor there. Sorry to cut you off. I just like, you know, it blows my mind that even my dad is like that. He's like, oh, it's just just a lone gunman. He's just a bad guy. It's a this guy was highly connected. No way, impossible. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. No, I just actually, what's amazing is uh, the fascination that the American people continue to have on this subject. Trust me, our ratings just went up by the fact that we're bringing. (laughs) This look, despite the very best efforts of the mainstream media, particularly CNN, that keeps insisting again and again that the Warren Commission was correct, that Lee Harvey Oswald was alone, not a communist acting alone. 73% of the American people in a Gallup poll do not believe that. They simply don't believe it. They sure don't. They sure don't. The, um, The UK Independent. 
newspaper, London Independent out of the UK, did a retrospective about JFK. Again, to give some context for people who were too young to remember President John Fitzgerald Kennedy, who served from January 20th, 1961, until November 22nd, 1963, when he was assassinated. It appears as though something has happened in the motorcade route. Something, I repeat, has happened in the motorcade route. There's numerous people running up the hill alongside Elm Street, there by the Simmons Freeway. Several police officers are rushing up the hill at this time. Stand by just a moment, please. This month, half a century will have passed since the fateful day President John F. Kennedy was assassinated. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. Despite one of the shortest ever presidencies, Kennedy changed the face of America forever. First in his inauguration speech, challenging people to embrace new opportunities and innovation. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Then later that spring, the young president set his sights to the sky and beyond. I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth. It was the height of the Cold War and JFK used all of the tools at his disposal to emphasize the power and persuasion of the U.S. Wooing allies wherever he went, inspiring crowds infamously here in West Berlin. Today, in the world of freedom, the proudest boast is Ich bin ein And of course, he guided the country through the very real possibility of nuclear war during the Cuban Missile Crisis in autumn 1962. But despite all of this, it's of course Kennedy's shocking death that's ingrained into the world's memory. The president was shot in the head and neck while in Texas for a two-day five-city trip to help raise funds for his re-election. His body was brought back on Air Force One, where before takeoff, Vice President Johnson was sworn in. Jackie Kennedy by his side, still with her husband's blood on her coat. In the immediate aftermath of the president's death, police arrested former U.S. Marine Lee Harvey Oswald. In a shocking twist, while being transferred to county jail, he was shot dead by a nightclub owner at point-blank range. Just hours later, Kennedy's funeral was held. Dignitaries from over 100 countries attended. And one of the more emotional moments in history was captured on camera. JFK's youngest child, known as John John, saluting his father's casket. Well, it wasn't just hours. It was Monday. But um, anyway, just a few days later, three days later, um, now, Oswald himself, Oswald himself, the mystery man, a lot of people don't realize that there is audio 
of Oswald denying that he shot anybody. Because, see, he didn't last long. He didn't last long. So let's uh, let's hear some Oswald here. I really don't know what the, what the situation is about. Nobody has told me anything. The suspect is of, uh, of uh, murdering the police. I know nothing more than that. I do request uh, someone to come forward to give me uh, a legal assistance. No, I've not been charged with that. In fact, nobody has said that to me yet. Uh, the first thing I heard about was when the newspaper reporters in the hall uh, asked me that question. You have been. Nobody said what? Sir? You have been. Nobody said what? Okay, So, he's being asked by reporters, a room full of reporters, did you kill the president? No, I have not been charged with that. The first I heard about it was in the hallway just now. And the guy said, you have been charged. And Oswald looks puzzled. And then law enforcement with him decide, okay, well, we're going to haul you out of here then. Which is really weird. Really weird. So there's not going to be any clarification on that. Uh, Let's see what else we have. I I hope I didn't uh, duplicate anything here. Here's more Oswald. I didn't shoot anybody, sir. I haven't been told what I'm here for. Do you have a lawyer? No, sir, I don't. So he's been he's been questioned like crazy, and he wants a lawyer, but he's not given one. Were, were you aware of that? Because I know, I mean, there's some people who are listening to the Doc Washburn show who are old enough to remember the stuff, but there are a lot of people who aren't, and you may be hearing this stuff for the first time. I can leave a representation. These police officers have not allowed me to, to have any. I, uh, I, I don't know what this is all about. I work in that building. Naturally, if I work in that building, yes, sir. Back up, man. Come on, man. No, they're taking me in because of the fact that I live in the Soviet he says, I'm a pa- I'm just a patsy. And then you hear a reporter saying it was a calculated man who slew the president of these United States. Not allegedly. And by the way, they did know the word allegedly back in 1963. No, this is the guy. This is the guy. That's what they're saying. This is the guy. I mean... Not presumed innocent until proven guilty in a court of law, because he wasn't going to make it anywhere near a court of law. Uh, I'm just, I'm just telling you. A policeman hit me. A policeman hit me. He said. Interesting. He never got a chance to tell anybody who that policeman would have been. You find that rifle? That's the fact that you people have been given, but I emphatically deny these charges. I emphatically deny these charges. Really. That's uh, that's fascinating, isn't it? I emphatically deny these charges. Do you have legal representation? No, but I would like someone to come for forward and you know give me legal representation. I'm a patsy. A policeman hit me. 
I haven't been charged with shooting the president. Yeah, you have been charged. Huh? And then the law enforcement starts moving him out of this room full of reporters. Once he's saying, I haven't been charged, then a reporter says, well, actually, you have been charged. But, um, and, you know, Roger Stone made a point there. Deep in the Cold War, right? And a guy's allowed to go to Russia and then come back. In Russia, he's trying to renounce his American citizenship. And then the U.S. government allows him back in? Really? Um, so we're, we're going to, we're going to play for you what Tucker Carlson said last night. It's quite shocking. It's quite shocking. Um, I was shocked, but, and, and there are other media accounts, similar media accounts that, that we're going to get to also. And then I'm going to bring my friend Stephen Finnegan into, uh, into today's proceedings. But look, let me just say something. If you try to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you, no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website that puts you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry. Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions that then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payments work best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door anywhere in the continental United States, redriveryourway.com. You will be glad you did. Now, I've been talking about how the world is going crazy with supply chain issues record-setting inflation, and sky-high gas prices, and woke corporations that stand against everything we believe in. We all know how the big box stores were allowed to stay open all during the pandemic, while so many little guys, small business owners, regular people, were forced to close. The wealthiest people on earth became better off while mom-and-pop businesses suffered. The question is, what are we willing to do about it? What can we do about it? How can our voices be heard? Well, we can make a difference by voting with our dollars. Why continue shopping at big box stores if you can get the items you need from a family-owned company? Now, finally, we can shop 
Factory Direct at a family-owned, made-in-America manufacturer. Switch to America.com is helping Americans walk away from the big box conglomerates. That's why Switch to America was created, with regular folks like you and me in mind. One of the best ways to get around this crazy inflation is to shop with family-owned companies that put their customers first, rather than shareholders and corporate executives. A lot of Patriot influencers have come on board. I'm inviting you to join with fellow Patriots to cut off the cash flow of the big woke corporations that are trying to destroy our country. We're done with the woke globalist operation against humanity. Each of us, each of us can take market share away from these businesses that have enjoyed unfair advantages. We can choose to help each other by shopping family-owned, made in America. The website is switchtoamerica.com. Join with over 2 million monthly shoppers that have already made the switch. Let's start voting with our dollars to make sure our purchases are supporting companies that promote freedom. Switchtoamerica.com is dedicated to offering family-owned alternatives for items we buy on a regular basis. Just go to switchtoamerica.com. When it asks how you heard about us, click on my name, Doc Washburn, plug in your info, and I'll have one of my guys contact you. Switchtoamerica.com. All right, now, I want to go to what Tucker Carlson said last night that no doubt has the Intel community freaking out. Um, well, here it is. So not long after Jack Ruby shot Lee Harvey Oswald on camera in the basement of Dallas police headquarters, a lot of Americans started to have some questions about the Kennedy assassination. It was, you'd have to admit, a pretty extraordinary sequence of events. A lone gunman murders the president of the United States, and then, less than 48 hours later, that lone gunman is himself murdered by another lone gunman. What are the odds of that? It's one thing if you get struck by lightning, rare but possible. But if every member of your family also gets struck by lightning all on different days, you might begin to suspect these are not entirely natural events. Have you ever thought about it that way? I never thought about it that way. Tucker gave me a lot to think about last night. Here's more. But, oh, replied the U.S. government, they are. This bizarre chain of killings was all entirely natural. So less than a year after the JFK assassination, the Johnson White House released something called the Warren Commission Report. And the report concluded that while their motives remained unclear, both Lee Oswald and Jack Ruby had acted alone. No one helped them. There was no conspiracy of any kind. Case closed. Time to move on. And many, many Americans did move on. At the time, they had no idea how shoddy and corrupt the Warren Commission was. It would be nearly 50 years before the CIA admitted under duress that, in fact, it had withheld information from investigators about its relationship with Lee Harvey Oswald. But even then, at the time, before that was known, the government's explanation didn't seem entirely plausible, and some people started asking obvious questions about it. It was at that point, as Americans started to doubt the official story, that the term conspiracy theory entered our lexicon. As Professor Lance DeHaven-Smith points out in his book on the subject, the term conspiracy theory did not exist as a phrase in everyday American conversation before 1964. In 1964, the year the Warren Commission issued its report, the New York Times published five stories in which conspiracy theory appeared. 
Now, today, of course, the term conspiracy theory appears in pretty much every New York Times story about American politics. It's wielded, now as then, as a weapon against anyone who asks questions the government doesn't feel like answering. But despite 60 years of name-calling, those questions have not disappeared. In fact, they have multiplied with time. And here's one of them. In April of 1964, a psychiatrist called Louis Joylin West visited Jack Ruby in his isolation cell in a Dallas jail. According to West's written assessment, he found that Jack Ruby was, quote, technically insane and in need of immediate psychiatric hospitalization. Those are conclusions that, puzzlingly, no one who had spoken to Jack Ruby previously had reached. Ruby had seemed perfectly sane to the people who knew him. Louis Joylin West pronounced him crazy. But what, what West did not say was that he was working for the CIA at the time. Louis Joylin West was a contract psychiatrist for the spy agency. He was also an expert on mind control and a prominent player in the now infamous MK Ultra program in which the CIA gave powerful psychiatric drugs to Americans without their knowledge. See, that wasn't a good thing. You know? Um, did you know that? There's an MK Ultra program in which the CIA gave uh, powerful hallucinogenic drugs to uh, American citizens without their knowledge. I mean, that, that would have been a bad thing. So of all the psychiatrists in the world, what in the world was this guy doing in Jack Ruby's prison cell? The media did not seem interested in finding out. In fact, the New York Times, in an extensive 1999 obituary of West, never mentioned the fact that he had worked for the CIA, much less his time in Jack Ruby's cell, which seems relevant. So you can see why non-crazy people would wonder about what really happened. And of course, many have wondered. In 1976, long forgotten, the House of Representatives impaneled a special committee to reinvestigate the JFK assassination. Their bipartisan conclusion? Jack Kennedy was almost certainly murdered as the result of a conspiracy. But the question is, a conspiracy by whom? Well, the obvious suspect would be the CIA. Why else would the agency withhold critical evidence for investigators? Is there a benign explanation for that? By the way, I was like 20 years old when that committee came to that conclusion. And uh, in my family, we watched the news every night. I don't remember ever hearing about that at the time, just so you know. Maintaining this level of secrecy for this many years? Not that we're aware of. And it is illegal. In 1992, Congress passed the President John F. Kennedy Assassination Records Collection Act. That act mandated full disclosure of all documents by 2017, 54 years after JFK was killed. The last administration promised to comply fully with that law, but under intense pressure from CIA Director Mike Pompeo, withheld in the end thousands of pages of CIA documents. Today, this afternoon, the Biden administration did exactly the same thing. That would be thousands of pages of documents after nearly 60 years, after the death of every single person involved. But we still can't see them. Clearly, it's not to protect any person. They're all dead. It's to protect an institution. But why? Well, today we decided to find out. 
We spoke to someone who had access to these still hidden CIA documents, a person who was deeply familiar with what they contain. We asked this person directly, did the CIA have a hand in the murder of John F. Kennedy, an American president? And here's the reply we received verbatim, quote, the answer is yes. I believe they were involved. It's a whole different country from what we thought it was. It's all fake. It's hard to imagine a more jarring response than that. Again, this is not a, quote, conspiracy theorist that we spoke to. Not even close. This is someone with direct knowledge of the information that once again is being withheld from the American public. And the answer we received was unequivocal. Yes, the CIA was involved in the assassination of the president. By the way, let me just jump in here and digress for a moment. I would think... There's probably only a very small number of people who could be that source that Tucker talked to. Did you catch my drift? And when we bring Stephen Finnegan on in a little bit, we we might uh, we might talk about that. Now, some people will not be surprised to hear that they suspected it all along. But no matter how you feel about or what you thought about the Kennedy assassination, pause to consider what this means. It means that within the U.S. government, there are forces wholly beyond democratic control. These forces are more powerful than the elected officials that supposedly oversee them. These forces can affect election outcomes. They can even hide their complicity in the murder of an American president. In other words, they can do pretty much anything they want. They constitute a government within a government, mocking by their very existence the idea of democracy. Kind of like they could steal a presidential election in 2020. I mean, you see what he's implying here, right? Okay. As cynical as we have become after 30 years of watching government officials ignore the voters who employ them... We were shocked to learn this. It's not acceptable. Americans have trusted their government less with every passing year since the killing of John F. Kennedy. Maybe this is why. And people have known this for a long time. The people who knew would include every director of the CIA since November of 1963. And that list would include Obama's CIA director, John Brennan, one of the most sinister and dishonest figures in American life. That list would also include, we are sad to say, our friend Mike Pompeo, who ran the CIA in the last administration. Mike Pompeo knew this. We asked Pompeo to join us tonight, and though he rarely turns down a televised interview, he refused to come. We hope he will reconsider. In the meantime, we are happy to be joined tonight by New York Post columnist Randy Devine. Randy, thank you so much for coming on. I don't think we've paused long enough to consider what this means. After 60 years, when every person involved is dead, we can't see classified information about a, maybe the pivotal event in modern American history. And now we know why. Now remember, Miranda Devine is the reporter who broke the story of Hunter Biden's laptop in October of 2020. 51 retired intel officials, including a bunch of former CIA directors, all said 
It had the classic earmarks of Russian disinformation. They all lied, and they all knew they were lying. So, yes, if I'm Tucker, I want to get Mike Pompeo to come on the show. But whether Mike Pompeo agrees to come on the show or not, I definitely want to get Miranda Devine. And she's great. Here's more. Well, Tucker, look, you laid it out really well. And, you know, it used to be that conservatives like me dismissed uh, theories from the left about JFK's assassination as just left-wing conspiracy theories. But over time, uh, I think that the left looks as if they were quite justified in not trusting the intelligence services. And I think the WMD pretext for the Iraq war was a red pill, a slowly dawning red pill for me. Um, and so now you just have to look just on, on a really basic level. You just look at the fact that 30 years ago Congress in a unanimous bipartisan uh, unequivocal unambiguous decision said that these, all the JFK files have to be made public. There's absolutely no reason to keep them back as you say, it's almost 60 years ago everybody involved is dead, you're not worried about sullying uh, reputations or unmasking a spy overseas. No, there, there can only be two reasons for it. One is that you're trying to protect the CIA against um, allegations or, or revelations that it knew more than it made out about Lee Harvey Oswald. It had a huge file on him. They were investigating him or, or in, connect, in, in contact with him before the assassination and they didn't do enough to save JFK. By the way, if there was concern, since she, no, since she brought it up, if there was concern about the possibility of compromising one of our spies overseas, Hillary Clinton would have been brought up on charges of treason and given the death penalty because the fact that she had so much classified information going out on unsecured email server. And the fact that China executed every spy we had in their country. No, no. No, they're really not concerned about spies being uh, compromised. Remember? James Comey, no reasonable prosecutor would, you know, she was kind of sloppy, but hey. Anyway, uh, more Miranda Devine with Tucker Carlson from uh, Thursday night, December 15th, 2022. Will protect the president. But, but, you know, is that enough to really keep this secret going for 60 years? I mean, the terrible dawning recognition is that really this is about, as you said, protecting the institution. If the CIA was involved in that assassination, that is the reason that you would want to keep that from the American people, because the fury that would erupt, and this is a bipartisan fury, it'd be the one thing that would unite Americans, is an absolute rage at this unaccountable spy agency that uh, has decided that it is going 
going to get involved in murdering, assassinating the duly elected American president? For what reason? Um, you know, there would be such a clean out of the CIA. I don't know if it would even survive. And so the trust in our institutions is already at rock bottom. I think it's a mistake for Mike Pompeo not to come on your show because all this does is fuel more conspiracy theories. The truth is the best disinfectant and if the CIA did do this, was involved 60 years ago, then it needs to come clean. We need to have a reckoning. And just to be clear, that was the assessment of someone we spoke to who was directly and personally familiar with the contents of these documents, not someone who read it on the internet. This is someone who had access to the documents. And I have to say, I don't understand, and I agree with you, secrecy abets evil. And the more secrecy you have, the more evil you're likely to have. Um, So we should minimize the amount of secrecy as a general matter. But I don't understand how John Brennan can go on NBC News every day. He was on today. And no one pauses and asks, like, what is this exactly? 60 years, really? And don't give me the sources and methods BS, by the way, son. Like, we're, we're adults here. What's the real reason? Why does no one ask him that? Well, the more we see characters from the CIA like John Brennan, like those 51 former intelligence officials who signed that scurrilous letter about Hunter Biden being Russian disinformation, uh, the more the, the less impressive they look. These people are in the shadows for a reason, because if you actually saw who they were, look at John Brennan. Would you, knowing what we know now about him, would you really entrust him uh, to run the, the country's premier spy agency? to have such power to run around the world intervening in other countries' elections? No. So uh, I, I, I just don't know what good it does us to have those kind of malevolent people having so much power and using it in our name and causing us all great harm because we don't know what they're doing. That's right. Transparency can fix it. It's the only thing they can. And I appreciate your assessment today. Marina Devine of the New York Post, thank you. Thanks, Tucker. So the same people who are withholding this information, lying to us about the pivot point in modern American history, sitting on the fact that a U.S. agency is complicit in the murder of an American president, those same people are now overseeing U.S. involvement in the war in Ukraine, Americans fighting Russia. And that involvement is escalating significantly. Yeah. And then he goes on and for quite some time talks about the new weapon systems that we're giving Ukraine to fight Russia, which necessitate American military being on the ground in the war against Russia. Something that Biden had promised we would never do. Something that uh, Congress would have to sign off on and nobody's asked them. And then eventually he uh, has a reporter on from Rebel News who was recently in Russia with a camera crew and said, you know, I I was really apprehensive about going over there because New York Times, Washington Post, all kinds of media have talked about the dire consequences for the average Russian citizen because of the sanctions that the Biden regime has put on Russia and how they're going back to, like, Soviet Union levels of scarcity on on basic 
foodstuffs, and inflation is just through the roof over there. But turns out that's all a lie. No, I mean, he's got his cameraman videotaping him going into a regular grocery store over there, and there's abundance. They don't have empty shelves like you might find in America. And the stuff is really affordable. There's, there's no inflation over there. So whatever Biden, Janet Yellen, Anthony Blinken is saying about bringing Putin to his knees, whatever they're doing is, is having the exact opposite effect. You know, and, and never forget now, never forget. Was it three million that the wife of the former mayor of Moscow had given Hunter Biden a while back? And you think they're actually trying to hurt Putin? No. No, it's not like that. So we're going to bring my friend Stephen Finnegan on in just a few. Maybe he has some thoughts about who Tucker's source might be. Perhaps he has some thoughts about MK Ultra, Operation Northwoods, the JFK assassination itself. Um, quite a bombshell there from Tucker Carlson last night. Look, I want to tell you about the best kept secret in American healthcare. Are you having problems with sinuses and allergies? Are you experiencing dizziness, vertigo? Problems with your blood sugar, psoriasis, migraines. The Arkansas Upper Cervical Center might be able to help you. Let me tell you how. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for that atlas, that C1, to get out of alignment. If it does... Your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain. When that happens, your central nervous system isn't able to communicate with the rest of your body as it is designed to do. Now, I had severe hay fever for five or six weeks every spring all my life. When I got my atlas adjusted, the hay fever went away and has never come back. Again, if you're suffering from sinus conditions, allergies, vertigo, psoriasis, problems with your blood sugar, migraines, do yourself a favor. Call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009 for a free consultation. They've helped me. They've helped my wife. They've helped so many people we know. Please call them to see if they can help you. That number again for your free consultation is 501-279-2009. Or just go to their website, especially if you're not in central Arkansas, go to the website, turnmypoweron.com, click on the tab that says, find a doctor near you. I sure hope you can. All right, let me tell you about Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier. Now more than ever, it's important to band together and support companies that share our conservative values. Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned to organizations that fight for causes you care about. Patriot Mobile has exceptional nationwide coverage and uses the same towers the main carriers use. 
Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, along with great discounts for our veteran and first responder heroes, as well as multi-line users. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're shifting your support from the leftist progressive agendas of Big Mobile to the Christian conservative causes of Patriot Mobile. When you become a Patriot Mobile member, your dollars are helping to fund our God-given right to freedom. A portion of every dollar they earn is given back to the causes that support organizations that fight for First Amendment, religious freedom, freedom of speech, Second Amendment right to bear arms, sanctity of life, and the needs of our veterans and first responders. Switching is easy. Just go to PatriotMobile.com or call their U.S.-based customer service team. 972-PATRIOT is the number. Make sure you use the promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. Also, if you're a conservative-owned business, tired of seeing your hard-earned dollars go to corporate woke agendas, Patriot Mobile now offers competitive business plans to suit companies of any size. So switch to Patriot Mobile Business. You can learn more about it at business.patriotmobile.com or call the 100% U.S.-based member services team at 469-FREEDOM. Use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. That's business.patriotmobile.com or 469-FREEDOM. All right, now, before we get Stephen Finnegan back on the phone, let me just tell you, there have been a number of different media conglomerates talking about the JFK thing. Um, One of them actually is Newsmax. Let's see, do I have this on my phone or do I have it on my PC? Okay, yeah, it was on my phone, but now it's on the PC. Newsmax from December 6th. JFK experts, CIA has proof Oswald involved in secret operation. Says the CIA is withholding documents suggesting that Lee Harvey Oswald was involved in a covert intelligence operation three months before assassinating President John F. Kennedy in 1963, an author and investigator says. JFK expert Jefferson Morley said the operation sought to pin the blame on Cuban leader Fidel Castro. The act of violence would have been used as a pretext for a full-scale invasion by the U.S. Morley made the claim at a press conference on Monday, December 5th, at the Mary Farrell Foundation, which filed a lawsuit in October seeking the release of all classified information relating to the Kennedy assassination. Morley said this is an extraordinarily serious claim and has profound implications for the official story, the CIA knew far more about the lone gunman than they are even admitting today. Newsmax says for decades, JFK assassination experts have sought to uncover evidence of U.S. government involvement in the plot to kill the president. Congressional and independent investigations began with the 1964 Warren Commission. The CIA maintained it had no involvement with the assassin, although detail, pardon me, although denials did not quell conspiracy theories. Now, you remember what Tucker said about that term, conspiracy theories. That's something that 
people didn't use before 1964 and the Warren Commission. Oswald was a Marine veteran who defected to the Soviet Union before returning to the U.S. in 1963 as a supporter of Castro. He was a Marine veteran, huh? What if, uh, what if he never actually separated from the military? There's a term they have for it. It's called sheep dipping. For people that the official story is they're separated from the military, but they're continuing to work for the government, and they're not really separated from the military, and they keep get to keep their pension and the whole thing. Anyway, Morley's claims were based on files from George uh, Jonitas, a late CIA intelligence officer who infiltrated pro-Cuban groups and whose files remained sealed. Allegedly, then-CIA director John McCone had lied to the Warren Commission, saying the agency had no intel on Oswald. Morley said, what the CIA is hiding is what they've always hidden, which is their sources and methods as they relate to Lee Harvey Oswald. We're talking about smoking gun proof of a CIA operation involving Lee Harvey Oswald. The media brief was held days before the two intel agencies were to release all classified files on the JFK assassination per a deadline set by Joe Biden last year. Last year, the National Archives released almost 1,500 documents related to the assassination and has until December 15th to publish the rest, which, of course, they didn't do. By the way, the Mary Farrell Foundation is a nonprofit historical group advocating for full transparency of JFK's murder in Dallas, November 1963. So, an interesting article there from Newsmax um, nine days before uh, Tucker's more in-depth monologue. Also, out of the stuff that was released, and there is a, uh, a Twitter profile, Nom de Plume, and they're printing some screenshots of some of the stuff that was finally released. A JFK docu- a document from Today's release, December 15th, talks about how Ted Shackley at CIA Miami Station had established procedures to deal with a sudden emergency. Sure enough, Shackley's people did work pretty fast on November 22nd, 1963, just under two hours after Lee Harvey Oswald's arrest, CIA's AM slash Spell Network had derogatory information on Oswald ready to distribute to the media to link him to Castro. I wonder how they were able to do that that quickly. Oh, and the screenshots were from Jefferson Morley's Scorpion's Dance, so he got the screenshots of the stuff that was released. Wow. And this guy highly recommends Jefferson Morley's excellent books, uh, Scorpion's Dance, the President, the Spymaster, and Watergate. Wow. See also Morley's The Ghost, which has some excellent material in it about the CIA's nuclear diversion program. 
to transfer nuke materials from NUMEC by Mossad agents. CIA nuke diversion program benefited Israel, South Africa, and Iran under the Shah. And it goes on and on and on. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty amazing stuff. UK Daily Mail on December 8th says thousands more secret JFK files, including smoking gun proof of a CIA operation involving Lee Harvey Oswald, are set to be released next week after Biden delayed making the public. Yeah, but they weren't. Uh, most of them weren't. All right, I think it's um, I think it's about time to get uh, my friend Stephen Finnegan on the phone with us. All right, there we go. Hey, Doc, brother Stephen Finnegan, how are you? I am well. I am just in awe. I, I, all these years, and I never the term sheep dipping to you, and you knew what it was. I'm impressed. Well, I appreciate that. Um, it was something I was going to talk about in a different context. It's something that I had found out about in the last 24 hours. Gonna was going to talk about it in a completely different context, uh, but it occurred to me, oh, wait a second, this would this might also apply here if you uh, catch my drift. Um, yeah. Uh, Oswald especially, and, and just let me interject a little bit. Oswald actually went to Mexico City a few weeks before the Kennedy assassination oh, and yeah. contacted the Russian embassy there or the Soviet Union embassy. Yeah. Yeah, he absolutely did. And that's a matter of public record. Yeah. Um, and again, what did you think when when Roger Stone and Alex Stein are talking about how is it possible in the height of the Cold War, you know, in the early 60s, you know, we're talking Bay of Pigs time. We're talking Russia's trying to put nukes in Cuba and, and, and us doing the, uh, the naval blockade and we're going to see who's going to blink here playing chicken or whatever. How on earth are we supposed to think just a regular guy defects to the Soviet Union and then comes back? I mean, and we're supposed to think this is the lone gunman? How How is it possible that a uh, former Marine, well, you don't ever say former Marine, right? Uh, uh, a Marine veteran defects to the Soviet Union, marries a Russian girl, and then comes back. I mean, and then lone gunman? John Howard got him the money to come back conveniently. From, uh, from not Arkansas, but Texas at the time. John Tower, Texas. Yeah, because later yeah. on later on in the 80s, it was either uh, Reagan or Bush, and it might have been Bush, that wanted him to be Secretary of Defense, and that got scuttled, John Tower. But anyway... Um, so it was actually Bush who was tied to the CIA in the 60s and 70s. Well, Bush was actually the director of the CIA 
for the last full year of Gerald Ford's uh, presidency. So he was director of the CIA from June, uh, pardon me, from January 76 to January 77. Um, yes. So, so let me ask you, um, so Tucker is saying, because you saw this Thursday night, and I didn't see it till many hours later, Tucker is saying, we talked to somebody, okay? Mm-hmm. Not a conspiracy theorist. We talked to somebody with direct knowledge of what is in these classified documents that almost 60 years later, they still don't want to let out. And this person said, yeah, the CIA definitely had something to do with the assassination of JFK. And 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 everything's fake. And so, um, <clears throat> so I'm sitting there listening to this, watching him say this, and I'm like, "There's only a handful of people it could be, right?" That's true. I mean. <laughs> And I, you know, I don't think we're endangering anybody by talking about who we think it could be. I mean, okay, so Tucker wanted Pompeo to come on. Pompeo says, uh, turns down the offer, which is very unusual because Pompeo loves going on TV, especially on Fox News. Well, he, I'm sorry, what? Yes, he does love going on TV, especially Fox News. But Pompeo would know. Pompeo would know. So, you know, maybe you might, you might want to get some liquid. Yes. I just grabbed the drink water. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, that's okay. That's okay. Um, so Donald Trump would know. Not necessarily. The CIA did not like Trump. Yeah, Trump yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but Trump said he was going to release all this stuff, and then at the last minute pulls back. Yes. So Trump would be one of my top five as a possibility. Yeah. Pompeo is actually on that list too. Yeah. How can that Tucker diverted attention like that to give him some cover. Good. Oh, by the way, before I forget, on the next episode of the Doc Washburn Show, we're going to be talking about sheep dipping uh, in more detail because it came from an article over at the Federalist uh, called The Twitter Files Illustrate How Intelligence Agencies Can Rig Politics. So, yes. anyway, anyway, but that's... I mean, go back to Kermit Roosevelt and, and the Shaw and putting the Shaw back on the throne in the 50s. Kermit Roosevelt? Kermit Roosevelt was CIA agent and relative of both President Teddy and Franklin uh, Roosevelt, who, who helped 
put the Shah back on the throne in the 50s. Yeah. After the du- and altering the duly elected government of Iran, which still would have been pro-Western, but the Iranian government at that time wanted to take more nationalization and control of the oil resources in Iran. Yeah, when they got rid of Mossadegh in 53. Yeah. Yes, sir. Bingo. Oh. That was Kermit Roosevelt, CIA, that was wholly responsible for okay. that. Okay, okay. That's all public record, too. So, so Tucker's... I mean, look. Let me just let me just back up for a second. Sure. Maybe instead of trying to get somebody in trouble, uh, I think it would be reasonable to conclude that there's no way Tucker Carlson goes on international television, by far the most watched. A show on Fox News Channel and says we talked to somebody with direct knowledge of the documents they don't want to release over 59 years after the assassination and this person confirmed that the CIA had something to do with the assassination of JFK. Tucker's not, he can't just make that up. No. I mean, I, I don't see that for a minute he made that no, he's he's got a source, and it's a legit source. This is not like when the New York Times and the Washington Post and CNN and uh, you know all these people keep on getting uh, punked, you know, and keep on going back to the same well and get punked again, and it doesn't matter because they're libs and they're not going to get fired. You know, Dan Rather would not get fired today in 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 this in this atmosphere. For no. doing for doing what he did in '04 and got fired over. No, he he no he get awards. Well, he did get awards anyway, but he did get fired. No, he wouldn't get fired today for doing that because you look at all these people have been lying for all these years. You know, I mean Adam Schiff. Well, I think, I'm sorry. I'm going to say something that's going to blow your mind in a second. All right. You ready? Yeah. Lyndon Baines Johnson. I think. Uh, now, just to give the audience a little bit of background, I was actually born the day before President Kennedy was assassinated. I was about 25 hours old. And because of this, proximity to my has been fascinating. Yeah, well, okay, you're, you're, you're breaking up. Can you get closer to an outside window or something? Because you keep on breaking up. Okay, I just moved the phone closer to the window. Uh, I was born the day before Kennedy was assassinated, so the proximity to my birthday, I've always been fascinated by this. I must have read probably between 30 and 40 books on Kennedy assassination. Yeah. And Johnson made a comment to his mistress that those SOBs will never bother me again. Now, the Kennedys were very upper-class uh Although down to earth, I would say, but, you know, Lyndon Johnson, rural Texas was a little rough around the edges as far as sophistication. You would not see uh, Johnson having a, a symphony orchestra in the White House the way the Kennedys did or the opera or some of the other things that they were known for. And he hated the Kennedys. And he knew he was probably going to be off the ticket in 64. So he's no longer vice president. 
He can't go back to the Senate as a majority leader because he gave that seat up. Yeah. So Johnson had both the access to and a motivation to see the Kennedy uh, JFK eliminated. Yeah. And I'm going to take it a step further, Doc. If you look at who uh, was on the Warren Commission, actually, of course, it was the Chief Justice Earl Warren. Yeah. But Hal Boggs, Congressman Boggs, who conveniently died in 1973 and they never found his body, was one of the members. Richard, Richard Russell, John Sherman Cooper, Gerald Ford, Alan Dulles, and John McCoy were the other people on the Warren Commission. Okay, now where does yeah. Leon Jaworski play into that? Uh, he, he was later on with the House Select Committee on Assassinations that you referenced. But here's, here's the background on Alan Dulles. And hang, brother, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Hang on, hang on a second. The reason I bring up Leon Jaworski was because he was later on a uh, a, a, a special counsel about uh, about Watergate, and there was a tie-in with the I thought the Warren Commission. But um, anyway, I'm it was s- actually Arlen Specter was this a former Rhino from Pennsylvania was actually a Democrat turned Republican, yeah. but never really was Republican. He's yeah, a Specter Rhino. Specter was a junior investigator on the on the Warren Commission. That's correct. And he played a role later on in the select committee as well. Okay. So like I said, Hal Boggs dies conveniently in a plane crash in rural Alaska that they can't recover his body. Um, But Dulles was the real linchpin of this whole thing. Dulles was actually the first non-military CIA director. But Dulles goes all the way back to World War II as part of the OSS, the forerunner of the CIA, the Office of Strategic Services. He was the deputy director over Europe. So he was involved with Admiral Canaris and the defection there. And then he was also heavily involved in what was called Operation Paperclip, where they denazified Nazis to bring them over here for Cold War. Of course, the biggest one of all was... uh, Werner, Werner, uh, who went on to Werner von Braun on the Atlas rockets. Werner von Braun, uh, yes, who designed the Atlas rockets that went to the moon. But he was also the V one and V two rocket designer. Yeah. So Alan Dulles was the CIA director over the Bay of Pigs, and he was one of the people JFK fired after. The, the Bay of Pigs incident. And, of course, he relieved and fired the chairman of the Joint Chiefs after Operation Northwoods. So JFK definitely made some enemies there. Now, what, is Alan Dulles every bit capable of planning the assassination of a president and trying to divert it? Yes. Do I think that the mafia might have been involved? Yes, and here's why. The mafia was making billions of dollars out of Cuba with their gambling and their, their resorts. I mean, Havana was tantamount to Las Vegas, and we know the mob's original connection to Las Vegas uh, and making it is it, it, what it is today. And that was a huge source of not only revenue, but and also a means of laundering 
money from their other illicit enterprises through those casinos. Yeah. So, I mean, the mafia had every bit of desire. And, I mean, if you look at Santos Traficante and Sam Giacana, uh, Traficante ended up in an oil barrel floating in Miami Bay. And he was the, the mafia guy over Florida and a lot of Havana. And Sam Giacana was shot from behind in his home in Chicago. And, of course, there was that, that tie-in. So... Wait a minute, the, yes. the, the tie-in between Giancana and JFK was Judith Exner, right? I was just going to say that, and and that was a tie-in there. But Giancana was also tied into Havana, too, and Santos Traficante, so there's a triangle there. So there was every bit the motivation of doing that, and I think what cost both Traficante and Giancana their lives was you know, the fact that they were getting older and they're afraid they were going to slip and oh, and, and re- fascinating reveal something because correlation because they, they knew too much and they couldn't be trusted to uh observe the uh mafia um uh, code of omerta silence that's correct yeah um, now you you and, mentioned Operation Northwoods and and we can't just leave that hanging out there without you explaining what that was to our listeners. Okay, sure. In a nutshell, Operation Northwoods was a plan contrived by the CIA and approved up through the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, where they would initiate attacks in U.S. cities, including flying a plane into a building in Washington D.C. To and blame it on Russia and or the Cubans as a pretext of an invasion of Cuba uh, and going back in there. And when JFK went across his desk for final approval, he got every bit of his Irish temper involved in this, and I think there were some superlatives thrown, but basically in a nutshell said, you want me to authorize you to kill Americans on American soil. Are you crazy? And the chairman of the Joint Chiefs at the time, his name evades me right now, was fired. And President Kennedy actually recalled the famous General Maxwell Taylor from World War II and and the 101st Airborne back to active duty and appointed him as chairman of the Joint Chiefs after that. Wow. Yeah. Now, if for for people who are going, oh, that's just too far fetched. Look it up. We're not making up anything here. Um, no. Again, Operation Northwoods, and that was declassified, and it's been pretty much declassified about MK Ultra and uh, the people that were the senator from Idaho Church Committee. You know, he conveniently died of cancer shortly thereafter about crossing the CIA. Was so Senator Senator folks, Frank Church, is that you're talking about? Yes, Senator Church and the Church Committee. Yeah. Um, and that's where MK Ultra started to be exposed. And then the other caveat is if you've never heard of Operation Mockingbird, um, that was the CIA... Uh, contrived plan to manipulate the U.S. media to suit the government's needs. And we call that propaganda or conspiracy theory. <laughs> but okay. it's true. 
So look up Operation Northwood and Operation Mockingbird for yourselves and and delve into this. You know, I always encourage people, you know, uh, I don't use Google anymore, as you and I both know. I prefer DuckDuckGo or, or another search engine. Uh, but use multiple search engines and start reading some of this stuff for yourself and put on your critical thinking hat, folks, and, and you'll be amazed. And, Doc, to take it one step further, what you said about the 2020 election, yeah, uh, the CIA was also tied now to taking Balasaro, the president of Brazil, out and putting this convicted felon communist in as president of Brazil. But conveniently, our media is not covering uh, extensively. The Brazilian people are, are just incest by this and, and protesting in the streets. And the Brazilian military is standing behind the current president. Yeah, because so they, know, like they know that, that Lula has stolen it from Bolsonaro. And yes. um, I, I have seen Tucker cover it, but that's, that's it. That's it. Yes. He's the only one. Yeah, okay, and, here it and, is. Here it is. As uh, as the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, um, Lyman Limnitzer, yes, um, approved the plans known as Operation Northwoods in 1962, a proposed plan to discredit the Castro regime and create support for military action against Cuba by staging false flag acts of terrorism and developing a communist Cuban terror campaign in the Miami area and other Florida cities and even in Washington. Lemnitzer presented the plan to Secretary of Defense Robert McNamara, March 13, 1962. It's unclear how McNamara reacted, but three days later, President John F. Kennedy told the general there was no chance the U.S. would take military action against Cuba within a few months after the refusal to endorse Operation Northwoods. Lemnitzer was denied another term as chairman of the Joint Chiefs, yes. uh, and that's the, you know when they brought back as as you said, um, uh, General Maxwell General Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. Yes. I uh, it's when when you really look at this, it's mind boggling. Now Kennedy definitely handled that. I am sure that he cut old General Lyman out uh, and didn't fire him outright and just let him retire. But that was a powerful enemy made there too, by not reappointing him. Uh, and it's scary to think that what stopped those incidents from happening, it was approved up to the president of the United States. And then JFK said, Oh hell no, you're not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was quite adamant and used very colorful language. I'm sure more colorful than, than than you just did, um, but yeah. So the question is, okay. Let me ask this: Tucker's saying that everyone who would have had anything to do with the assassination of JFK is dead now. Just and, about. Wait a minute. Just about. I, I would say, like, the, the big the big players that would really have the inside knowledge are all dead. And like I said, you got to put two U.S. presidents on that list. Lyndon Baines Johnson and George Herper, Herbert Walker Bush 
or as he's known, Bush the Elder versus his son, Bush Jr., Okay, now, 41 and 43. Okay, now, why do you put George Herbert Walker Bush on that list? Because, um, of course, Tucker last night didn't mention LBJ or Bush. Um, well, I put Bush on the list because Bush was in Texas at the time. Well, millions he, of people were in Texas at the time, though. I mean, you got to give me but, more than that. Millions of people were not tied to the CIA and ultimately becoming CIA director. But that was now, now, that was thirteen years he, later. That was thirteen years later. Why? Why? Why do we he think he, he was tied in in the sixties too, Doc? Okay, but where's the evidence for that? I would I would have to pull some sources, obviously off the top of my head. Uh, I, I've read it before in his connection. Uh, that there was speculation beyond speculation that, that, that Poppy Bush was involved. And maybe for a future show where I could, I could have the notes at my hands because I, I just don't arbitrarily throw things out. You no, know, I, I, I know that. I understand that. I've, I've seen people speculate about it before, but I've just, I, you know, I never could find anything about it. Um, the, um, you know, you look, on Wikipedia, and it says in 1963 he's starting to get involved in Republican politics in Texas, which <laughs> there there weren't too many of them. Uh, you know, uh, Texas, as as Republican as it is now, it was very Democrat back in the day because, I mean, you know, you yeah. got LBJ uh, a vice president at that point, but, um, you know, just about any state in the South was Democrat you know, in 1963. Now, go back to when they created the Department of Defense and the Department of the Air Force, the National Security Act of 47. Yeah. Excuse me, that Truman signed. Yeah. That's where the National Security Council came from, too. And a lot of people don't understand this. There are presidential findings, presidential memos, and, and one of them is National Security Action Memorandums which are basically where the president is either setting policy or issuing orders as commander-in-chief. Yeah. Now, JFK had actually signed a National Security Action Memorandum ending U.S. military boots on the ground uh, in Vietnam by December 31st, 1965. Yeah. Wow. Now, I can't remember the exact memorandum off the top of my head. Yeah, I remember hearing I'm about that, president. yeah. On the day of JFK's funeral, which was also John F. Kennedy Jr.'s third birthday, yeah. November 25th, 1963, in the Oval Office, Lyndon Johnson reversed that. Yep. Now, a short few months later, we had the great Gulf of Tonkin incident, Yep. which, for those that weren't aware of that, folks, the Gulf of Tonkin was where supposedly the North Vietnamese attacked two U.S. destroyers, the Maddox and the Essex, in the Gulf of Tonkin. That gave us the Tonkin Gulf Resolution, which was not the formal declaration of war, but it basically was a blank check uh, for the president to wage war as he saw fit in Vietnam and, and led to all those. Now, Yeah, August uh, 2nd and 4th, 1964, and uh, historians... Well, going all the way back to the 60s, I think, 
have said, yeah, that looks like a false flag. I mean, you don't have to be a conspiracy theorist to go, okay, wait a second. Um, I think most folks don't believe that, you know, Ho Chi Minh actually wanted to draw us into a full-scale hot war. No, absolutely not. And the, the, the general, the commanding general of the North Vietnamese forces was a guy named Giap. G-A-A-P is how his name was spelled in uh, English. And before he passed away in in the in the 90s, he came out and said, I have nothing to gain. We're, we're back trading with the United States now. This was where Bill Clinton was trying to form more formalized relations with Vietnam. And Jap said, I have nothing to gain or nothing to lose by saying this, but I can absolutely assure you the Tonkin Gulf incident did not occur. We did not have PT boats out basically attacking two U.S. destroyers in the Tonkin Gulf. So that was a complete false flag, and it was affirmed by the commanding general. Now, Giap goes all the way back in politics, go back to Dien Ben Phu. Now, for the again, for the audience that don't know this, Prior to Vietnam, it was called Indochina, and it was a French colony. They got rubber and everything else out of modern Vietnam. Yeah. And the French lost, uh, and the colonial control was broken in the Battle of Diem Ben Phu, which I believe was 1954. Yeah, that sounds and, about right. And uh, Vo Nguyen Giap. Uh, born 1911, uh, died uh, 2013, so lived to be 100, okay, so 102 we- years old. And, um, yeah, he was uh, uh, deputy prime minister. He was minister of defense from 1948 to 1980. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. before and after the Vietnam War. Yes, he was the, he was the top dog under Ho Chi Minh, and uh, Ho Chi Minh died in 1969, uh, just as I would call it the winding, the beginning of the winding down in what Nixon called the de, uh, America, the Vietnamization of the Vietnam War, where it was turning over. But, you know, it's ironic, too, that the compromised imbecile, like you, I refuse to call Biden president. Yeah. Um, my, preferred, my preferred name for him is imbecile. But Imbecile was one of the newly elected 1972 people uh, as Watergate came out. And the Democrats completely defunded all U.S. military aid to Vietnam yeah. uh, to our allies, the South Vietnamese. Now, if they hadn't cut off that aid, chances are the South Vietnamese could have held off the North Vietnamese. Yeah, Patrick uh, Leahy was a big um, force behind that. Yeah, here it says in 1995... Former U.S. Secretary of Defense Robert McNamara met Giap to ask what happened on August 4th, 1964 in the second Gulf of Tonkin incident. Giap replied, absolutely nothing. Giap claimed the attack of August 4th, 1964 had been imaginary. Well, you know, and, and a lot of Americans, you know, w- would agree with that. Yes, and just like... The radio and radar operators on the Maddox had to sign these things that they would never disclose. Uh, it was it was a reason why JFK, uh, after the assassination, under Texas law, 
he was supposed to have had an autopsy in Dallas. Yeah. And, you know, the government, whether Johnson was behind it or not, now the traumatization to Mrs. Kennedy, obviously sitting next to her husband while he shot in the head, and we all saw the pictures of her coming off of Air Force One with the blood-stained pink yeah. dress and stockings, uh, that she wasn't going to leave without JFK's body. But, you know, inexperienced pathologists actually performed that autopsy at Bethesda Naval Medical Center. Right. And they were all ordered and or had assigned under, you know, court-martial potential court-martial proceedings for disclosing anything. And, you know, they talked about the altered photographs that the doctors in, in Washington at Bethesda thought it, uh, they didn't realize that it was a shot in the neck. They just assumed that it was a tracheotomy that the doctors in the emergency room at Parkland performed on JFK. But, you know, Doc... Uh, I'm part of the stuff that came out in these documents. They, they've already said that there was a shot from the front as well as from behind. And the, the ricochet on the, the limousine, which by the way, the secret service, uh, conveniently took and completely refurbished. It went straight from Dallas, just about to, uh, Ford motor company for refurbishment. And actually Nixon, up through Nixon, used the same limousine that that President Kennedy was assassinated in. Of course, they had armored up the windows. You're kidding me! The they, they kept using the same car. Yes, sir. Oh man, I didn't know that. Good. Grief. And now that limousine is actually on display at the Ford Museum up in Detroit. Wow, that's surprising too. You would think they would want it at the museum there at the Texas Book Depository, but yeah, obviously not. No, and all these little things, like and like you said, that's when conspiracy theory started being used and put into the American lexicon was, oh, these people are crazy. But when you start looking at the big picture, yeah, and ironically enough, the U.S. Army throughout the 40s and 50s with the Master Sergeant Smalley put out a weekly TV show called The Big Picture, and it was basically what the U.S. Army and the U.S. Department of Defense wanted put out to the American people. Uh, and But if you look at using that phraseology, the big picture, and you start tying all these abstract ends together, and it, it's just mind-boggling. And, uh, you know, it, 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 I have no doubt in my mind I don't, think that there's a person now that's looked at this objectively doesn't believe in a conspiracy. And I mean, even the house select committee in 79 said that that was a conspiracy, uh, but they would never name that Oswald was not the lone assassin. Yeah. Yeah. But the church committee, uh, three years earlier said, we do think there was a conspiracy. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, and then you're saying that Frank Church didn't didn't last much longer after that, right? No, and like I said, Hal Boggs and, and some of the witnesses that were in Dealey Plaza. There's been an extraordinarily uh, amount of them that have died mysterious circumstances, either murdered or or you know died early. 
And, and let's face it, they had the technology. Frank Church and his committee, again, exposed this, that there's a heart attack gun, that somehow the CIA can point this weapon at a person, and it causes, it induces a heart attack. Yeah. And usually a fatal heart attack. So that's why I always wonder about Andrew Breitbart. Yes. But and it, it's scary. I mean, the trust, I would say that the CIA was definitely involved in this. I mean, with all these CIA and spies coming out and say it was, it was Russian disinformation about Hunter Biden's laptop, and then you've got them putting up paper uh, over the windows and kicking Republican uh, poll watchers out and the COVID, the whole nine yards, that was all done. And I, I cannot disclose where and when I got this uh, for the audience that, you know, the, like I know doc, you're doing this national show now and I'm so proud of you, um, you well, know, for your achievements. I appreciate, and, uh, I appreciate I that. So it's an honor to be your guest host here in Little Rock on KRN. I, I, um, I appreciate that. That's, that's a God thing, man. But, you know, there's, I just, sorry about this. I just had a momentarily brain lapse. I lost my train of thought. I, <laughs> I, I, I must about, be, I must be rubbing I'm off on you. Together. Yeah. Uh, what was I saying just before I went to the compliment on you? Uh, let me see uh, if I can back up the tape. Nope. Can't back up the tape. Um, uh, well, you, uh, I usually don't. Uh, I, I'll never admit a brain lapse when I'm live on radio. I'll just well, you, keep moving. You, you had been talking about LBJ. Yeah, um, I was trying to tie a point in, and I'm sorry, folks. I just, I guess I'm 59 now. <laughs> like I said, I was born the day before Kennedy was assassinated, and here I am, uh, about to be 60 in another year, and, and we're still talking about this. But uh, the CIA itself. Oh, uh, oh, I know, I know. A number of witnesses in Dealey Plaza yeah. there died suspiciously. Frank Church got cancer and died pretty quickly. Um, Boggs dies in a plane crash, and they can't find the plane or his body. Hale Boggs, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he was he was a, a senator out of um, Alaska, a congressman. Yes. And, uh, oh, no, 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 wait, congressman, other, really? Of, there was a congressman from Alaska that was involved in this, too. Okay, I'm sorry. They were campaigning for re-election in 73 when that plane went down. And that's when, and, uh, Young, Congressman Oh, that's Young when Don Young took over. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, no, you're, you're right. Yep, yep, yep. U.S. House, Hale Boggs, yep. Because his, uh, uh, his daughter-in-law was a longtime reporter on, on NBC, and, and her name slips my uh, Yeah, Cookie or something. Like yeah, Cokie Roberts. Cokie Roberts, yes. Oh, it's actually his daughter, not his daughter-in-law, his, his daughter. His daughter, yeah. Okay. And, and then I can't remember the name of the congressman from Alaska that he was campaigning for re-election because Boggs was a congressman from uh, Louisiana. Oh, that's so right. Boggs was from Louisiana. He wasn't from Alaska. He died in Alaska, though. He died in Alaska in the plane crash, and they never recovered his body or the other congressman's body. 
and it was the predecessor of the long-term Congressman Young that just died from uh, Don Young, yeah, Alaska. Yeah, Don Young. It was his predecessor. So somebody I'm sure can look that up. But you have all these mysterious deaths of elected officials. You have this idiot put in the White House now, uh, installed, and you got our borders thrown open and all this treasonous activity. Uh, and this is not by coincidence, folks. You got all this going on in Ukraine, which, you know, you brought up in the beginning, Doc. Yeah. Uh, how much money and the black budget's going to this? You have FTX just failing, and then all of a sudden you see why uh, people have lost confidence. And, and I did a show last week on KRN, and uh, I was able to talk about uh, the polling data, and it was CBS News of all sources said that the majority of Americans, it was over 60%, think that the elections are not secure and they've lost faith in the electorate and, and for it to be over 60%, that means there's Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Green Party, non, non-partisan independent voters. I mean, it crosses the broad spectrum of politics and you know, we're on the verge of losing our country um, and other countries throughout the world, like, you know, Brazil, but people are also waking up, too, and I think it's so paramount that folks like you and me do our best to get the message out. And, and you have definitely, uh, as I joked between us, I call it, folks, Doc Unleashed, yeah. because there were certain things that we were not allowed to say uh, on the radio station that oh, yeah. Doc oh, yeah. worked for it. And with Doc's blessing, I still sit in as a guest host on yeah. KRN and yeah. Little Rock. That uh, yeah. you know, we can say speak more freely here than I could have on the air. Oh, much uh, much more freely, yeah. But let me let me mention something. I remember Phil Donahue back when he used to have a daily syndicated television one hour talk show. Hmm. And I think it was the 20th anniversary of the Kennedy assassination. And he had a guest on who was a lady who was, you know, there and gave her thoughts about it. But he also talked about, well, they both talked about the fact of how many people that were witnesses who had died mysteriously in the 20 years between the Kennedy assassination and them doing that that live TV show. I mean, all these years later, you'd expect most of the people to be dead, you know, unless they're kids, you know, because people had their kids there, you know. Yeah. Um, And I'm a perfect example. I was 25 hours old when Kennedy died, and I'm 59 today. Yeah. Um, But I I have diligently searched you would think there would be video on YouTube or somewhere of that Phil Donahue show on the 20th anniversary of the JFK assassination, and you can't find it. Now, you can find video of Don Rickles and his best friend Bob Newhart going on the uh, Phil Donahue show, you know, 
You can find a lot of yes. stuff Phil Donahue did, but not that one. Well, Doc, look look at you and I in our conversation. Um, you and I have talked about a clip of the Slickmeister uh, making a comment and went back to try to find it again, and it's completely scrubbed off the Internet as well. Now, by the Slickmeister, he's talking about Bill Clinton, who was once asked at a receiving line, 1993, in the White House, since his name was William Jefferson Clinton, if he was named after Thomas Jefferson or Jefferson Davis, and he explained that his forebear, William Jefferson Blythe, was named after Thomas Jefferson, but he said he wished he was named after Jefferson Davis. And I played that on the radio, local local talk radio in Little Rock, Arkansas, shortly after I got there, 2014, and when I went back to get it on YouTube again a few months later, now it had disappeared. It had totally disappeared. And it wasn't even the Wayback Machine. You couldn't even find it in the Wayback Machine. You couldn't even go to C-SPAN and find anything um, uh, relating to receiving line 1993 White House. Nothing. Nothing. So, and and the only the only entities that could have the power and resources to cover something like this for so long would be a nation state or somebody like Elon Musk that has a hundred and eighty five billion dollar net worth, because this takes money and effort to do things like that. And you know. Are there good men and women in the CIA, the FBI, and other places that are trying? It's like you and I have talked about this, the White Hats being the good guys within the deep state that are trying to save our republic versus the Black Hats, which are the John Brennans of the world and his elk, or the Clappers. Yeah. Um, so... Folks, I mean, I started to say, I just remembered what I wanted to say. I cannot divulge where or when this happened. I will just say it was an instructor from one of America's intelligence agencies. And it was in this class that this particular person that I was attending made this comment. If you're going to do something crazy, do it so crazy that nobody would actually believe an agent of the government would do such a thing. Right. And that was an instruction in the class. Um, and what was, and what was the nature of the example. class again? I mean, this is going to be a funny I, I don't know if you can hear me or not. What was the nature of the class again? I can't say. Oh. I would just say it was a class that I attended – and the person teaching it was from an intelligence agency. And I'm not being politically correct, folks, when I'm not picking a pronoun out to describe this person. Uh, it's going to stay gender neutral for a reason. And that's I'm not going to say where or when this happened. That's, that's uh, fine. And he, he or she made this comment in the class. This was the example given and said, suppose you were a police officer, and this was, of course, back before they had, when I first got my first driver's license, they were all, everybody got issued basically a paper driver's license 
uh, it wasn't until later on that we started getting into pictures and plastic licenses that made it harder to alter. But the example used in the class was pretend you're a police officer and you pull somebody over and they're giving you a hard time. So you take their driver's license and eat it and then write them a ticket for not having a driver's license. Now, I know this is a crazy example to use. but You, said, you are correct, sir. Code. That would be a crazy example to use, sir. But um, you go into court, and the defendant tells the judge, the officer ate my driver's license. He said, no, no judge is going to believe a sane police officer would actually go to the extent of eating somebody's driver's license. Right. So, I mean, it was a crazy euphemism and example to use on doing something, but it makes you start thinking, you know, when these people are are doing something, um, that they're planning at that level of sophistication that, nah, we got to do it so crazy that no one would ever believe that you would do this. Now, since you took that class, of course, uh, body cams and dash cams have made that more difficult. Um, yeah, I, uh, but, but but we we got to wrap up here in a minute. Um, but let me just ask you this: um, you know, neither one of us is, is Nostradamus. Uh, you know, neither one of us is a prophet. But uh, educated guess, um, what kind of Ramifications. What kind of blowback do you think, if any, there will be from Tucker's show last night? I think there's going to be some, um, but the rest of the the fake news media is going to do their absolute best not to talk about this, right? Uh, and go back to Operation Mockingbird media again, and, and go to the fact that in a national, you see, folks, this is where the that Congress gets away with crazy stuff on these must pass bills like the national defense authorization act, yeah, which was just passed by the house and Senate and they sent it to imbecile to sign and he'll do it. But they, they attach these riders to these must pass legislation. And that's actually how we got the real ID. If you put up a clean bill in the House of Representatives or the Senate that said Americans had to submit to this and Big Brother, there is no way these representatives are going to vote for it. And and I'll go one step further, or senators, that you get this National Defense Authorization Act that's 10,000 pages long, and they get it 24 hours before a floor vote. Now, I can read 500 to 600 words a minute when I'm reading Pleasure, and... I couldn't sit there and in 24 hours and read a 10,000 page document. No, nobody, nobody can. Could. Nobody can. So, so, so they attach these riders and all of a sudden now we got the real ID act because it was thrown in on the national defense authorization act. Right. And, you know, the American people, uh, that's how a lot of this stuff is jammed down our throat. One of the rule changes I'd like to see is each legislation had to be a clean Bill. Clean bill, yeah, and all these okay. riders. But, all right, but, but let me ask you this. Vote. Let me ask you this. Okay, some folks, especially Republicans in the U.S. House of Representatives, 
might actually pay attention to Tucker Carlson every once in a while. Could you see someone in the U.S. House like a, a Marjorie Taylor Greene or a Thomas Massey or a Paul Gosar? Um, be too late for Louis Gohmert. He's on his way out. But um, somebody or Matt, Matt back in Florida, Matt Gates, yeah. saying, "Hey, we yeah. want to we want to investigate this." About I hope so, but they got so much on their plate right now. And, Doc, there was enough chicanery. I, I pray that Kerry uh, Lake is successful out in Arizona in overturning that election. Yeah. The Republican Senate candidate was a coward. He should have joined in with her, but he already conceded to Kelly. Yeah. And I'll go back to, like, a conspiracy theory, if you will, that the last election when imbecile, we know – stole the election and there was fraud all over and nobody had the guts to call it out. And that's what frustrates the people Yeah, because uh, people want a fair and free election. That's what makes a democratic Republic like ours. We're not a democracy. We're a Republic. And yeah. And that's what you call the uniparty. Uh, you know, most people don't know it, but Elaine Chow is Mitch McConnell's wife. Uh, Secretary of Transportation under both Trump and Bush, the junior. But her father is one of the big shots over in China, and McConnell's are making money out of the shipping out of China just as much as Hunter Biden and Trader Joe are making money. And, you know, our, our founding fathers never intended for the Congress to be a full-time Congress. Yeah. No, you're they, right. They wanted them back in the states with the people and now we got this professional class of politicians like imbecile has done nothing but work for the government his whole life same thing with pelosi and by the way speaking of uh, body cam notice they still haven't released the body cam out of san francisco on paul pelosi and that guy but it's right. all of a sudden it's no longer news right yeah uh, and and they they enrich themselves at, at the public trough, and I mean, the insider trading is was okay for Congress. You know, we know we're going to pass this giant bill, and I'm just going to arbitrarily pick. We know Raytheon is going to get picked over Boeing. You know, I'll pick the two biggest defense contractors, right? Uh, and so we buy Raytheon stock. And then two weeks later, the Air Force announces that Raytheon is building this new class of, of missiles and getting a $5 billion government contract, and the price of the stock shoots up. You exactly. Know, that would be illegal for the executives of Raytheon to do that, knowing that they're about to get this huge Air Force contract, but it's okay for Congress. Yes. We, we, need, we need term limits and a budget, balanced budget amendment, with the only exception being a national emergency declared by by two-thirds of the Congress, both houses, to allow a deficit. And that, you know, the accounting principles that apply to you and me uh, and every business in this country by the IRS, they call it the generally accepted accounting principles or, or GAAP. Uh, the U.S. government doesn't follow that. Right, and all this money is being wasted, looted, or ten percent for the big guy. Exactly, exactly. Well, Stephen Finnegan, I really appreciate you coming on the program. Um, you know, I have said over and over again uh, because of 
you know, the FBI's involvement in January 6th and the uh, the hoax uh, kidnapping of the governor of Michigan that they need to be just dismantled. Um, you know, if if you were, say, if we got a good conservative president um, and, and you were like the one of the incoming advisors, what would you recommend before we get out of here? What would you recommend an incoming president do with the CIA? Uh, just about the same thing to both the FBI and the CIA is I would be firing most of everybody in Washington, D.C., and then I would be doing order of background investigation down to the lowest levels. And I, I would say it's like I said, there are good men and women, both the CIA and the FBI, that are some of the whistleblowers that are giving Jim Jordan and Matt Gates and all these people in Congress this information about uh, illegal, illicit activities that are going on. So we know we got good people in there, the White Hats. But, you know, the FBI and the CIA have zero business interfering in U.S. elections. Right. And the people, I agreed with with a lot of what Trump said uh, yesterday in his statement. These people need to be prosecuted and held accountable. Yeah. And... And that's what I would be advising to do. I mean, I would be bringing in all new people, and I would have to take a strong look at every person in both agencies and making a decision on whether or not they would remain with that agency. And it's like you said, what what you were referring to with the Hilda Beast, which is my name for Clinton, unless I call Hillary Hilda B six six six. But it's called a knock list, and knock means no official cover is the uh, acronym. And obviously, if you're going in and into China as an agent, you're not going to be on the, the diplomatic list for diplomatic immunity. You're going to be on the knock list, no official cover. I'm not giving away any classified information here. This is all right. public source that you can look at yourself. Yeah, no, I But you were absolutely correct that after certain things were found on the Hilda Beast's uh, servers that were conveniently bleach-bitted, uh, a lot of U.S. intelligence assets in China disappeared. I think all of them did. Yeah, and once again, Comey, the corrupt did nothing and but you know the american people see through the double standards what the clintons and obamas get away with but donald trump gets his house raided and all this other stuff and you know trump can be bombastic and verbose that's for sure yeah but you know something the fact of the matter is is her Mueller and his gang of angry 12 Democrat prosecutors and FBI agents crawled in every nook and cranny of that man's life. And if they had found even something that was completely unrelated to this supposed Russia gate, which we all know is a hoax, right? They found something incriminating in that man's life. It would have been leaked all over the news. And the Operation Mockingbird fake news media would have broadcast it from here to there. So honest to God, Doc, I really think Trump, he, yeah, he likes women. 
uh, pretty girls. And, and maybe, you know, Melania finally reigns him in uh, where the first two couldn't. Uh, One would hope. And, but I have to say, Trump is probably a lot cleaner than people think because he's undergone this, which is unprecedented. Right, right. Now, if Biden and Obama and Clintons were held to the same scrutiny, uh, it's like my joke yesterday that I sent you uh, with a picture of Jimmy Stewart and Donna from uh, It's a Wonderful Life saying, every time a Clinton witness sings, they get their wings. <laughs> oh, boy. And that that uh, is a whole nother show. Steve Finnegan, thank you so much for coming on the program. Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, we gotta we got to wrap it up, but um, um, I'm sure. Well, thank you, Doc. It's been a pleasure to be together with you again. I've really missed this, brother. we got to do it again in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. Appreciate you, brother. Steven Finnegan, uh, my old fill-in guy when I did the local talk radio uh, down in Little Rock, Arkansas. God bless you, sir, and Godspeed. Thank you so much. God bless you, too. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you. All right. Well, I guess... You know what that means? I mean, that means it's about that time for me to say, hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Red River Your Way, the big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice. The way you want to, online, have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental United States of America. So, today's Tweet of the Day is from Jesse Kelly, a great talk show host out of Houston, Texas. Now, he is responding to the complaints by some big media organizations who have had their reporters um, kicked off Twitter for a week for doxing Elon Musk and his family, for telling people where their plane is. And so he's got a screenshot of the Washington Post a few years ago actually doing an obituary for the head of ISIS. And the obituary says, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, austere religious scholar at helm of Islamic State, dies at 48. He's a terrorist. He's a jihadist. He was a mass murderer. But the Washington Post said he was an austere religious scholar. Jesse Kelly says, it's difficult to find a more despicable, quote, news, unquote, organization than the Washington Post. Don't shed a tear for them, not one. Good going, Jesse Kelly, and thank you, Mitch Ward and the crew at RedRiverYourWay.com for sponsoring today's tweet of the day. Now, that having been said, you've been listening to Episode 303 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, The Views and Opinions, Expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible. 
Directed by Mick Messy, this has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier the Tenth. And that's the way it is, Thursday, December 15th, 2022.